This is Three and Five, an SLC management podcast. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Steve Peacher, president of SLC Management. This is Three and Five, in which we ask three relevant and interesting questions to experts across our platform. And I'm really pleased to be joined today by Mark Atanasio, who, of course, is the co-founder of Crescent Capital, but also the owner of the Major League Baseball team, the Milwaukee Brewers. Mark, thanks a lot for taking the time. Great to be with you today, Steve. So first question, you know, last year, COVID, all of a sudden, we were all at work from home in mid-March, right before the season was about to start. And I'm sure you and everybody else, every other owner and team had to scramble. When you look back at all the measures that you had to put in place to deal with COVID, which were the most successful? Well, we, yeah, we were quite surprised. We're coming to the end of our spring training and getting ready to go from Arizona to Wisconsin to play baseball when uh, everything came to a hard stop. And I think it was really a challenge for everyone to re-engage in June. They called it summer camp, but the testing protocols for a group of players who, you know, typically if you go to a major league clubhouse, you've got 25 players, managers, coaches, trainers, you know, 40 people in a pretty confined space. We had to figure out how to get everybody in and out of the clubhouse safely without the disease spreading. So mask protocols, hand sanitizer protocols, no different than we're seeing in our offices became quite a challenge in a major league clubhouse and even eating. So there's a, uh, in every major league clubhouse, there's a small cafeteria, not so small, by the way, in uh, Yankee Stadium for the Yankees. uh, For, you know, for most teams, it's pretty compact. And you know, the players could no longer eat there because it wasn't safe. So we'd move them up to the concourse where the fans normally would be walking through, at least in our ballpark. It was called Miller Park, now called American Family Field. Guys would be eating in, in a concourse where fans used to be. So there were a lot of measures we had to take. And I'd say that the fact that we kept everyone safe and got through a full 60-game season last year was really a, a true measure of success for the league. Dr. Fauci, who's a baseball fan, uh, he's, you've seen him thrown out first pitches, probably good. He's stuck to being a doctor and not a pitcher. But he talks a lot about how he was surprised we were able to get through the season. As we know, the, the virus was quite contagious. We learned how to uh, limit the spread. And that probably the most successful thing we took away from last year, which, which really, by the way, helped us this year, we all kind of knew what we were getting into, and and we were able to get off to a good start this year in baseball. Very, very few infections, some of which obviously was that the virus was getting under control, but mostly because we we had safety protocols put in place to limit the spread of the virus if, if someone did get sick. You know, I observed my unscientific observation last year with some, some of the star players at subpar years, probably not surprising, but what do you think the biggest impact on the players was? And in particular, you know, none of the stadiums had fans. And to what extent the fact that the players were in stadiums with no fans around impacted their performance? Yeah, that was, I think, a significant impact on players. Certainly our players, the Brewers, were pretty close, actually, geographically as the crow flies to Toronto. But since they're in different leagues, fans or, or folks at Sun may not know that we're almost routinely top 10 in attendance and our ballpark is a roof. It's very loud. So playing without fans was, was very odd. Opening weekend last year against the Cubs, there were no sound piped in either. 
And so the two dugouts could hear each other chirping. So not surprisingly, we had a fight <laughs> or a little on-field altercation in, in, in that first series and, and baseball moved to piping and sound. That became, I guess if you could suspend reality, sounded a little more normal, but it, it really was like the twilight zone. I went to several games last year. I was pretty much the only person in the ballpark had very serious testing requirements because early on we didn't know we, we thought we knew how it spread, but as, as we, we found it, originally we thought it was by touch and, and tactile, and turns out it was by air. So I'd have to stay inside unless I was outside with a mask. To this day, by the way, I, I do uh, saliva testing, PCR testing three days a week so that you know I can be around the players. But in, in any event, it, it was very, very strange and, and, and then made more strange. I don't know if you remember, Steve, but they put, and I assume they, they did uh, where you are in Boston, I don't know, in Toronto. I think Toronto, they didn't play there because of some of the rules in Canada, they played in Buffalo, but, and they put cardboard cutouts of fans. So you had fake sound, cardboard cutouts of fans. It was, it was very strange. As everybody's very, very happy to be back to fans this year. I hear that from all our guys uh, on the team that uh, having fans back in the ballparks uh, is great. You know, I was just at a couple weeks ago at a game at Camden Yards and it felt pretty normal, except that there was still, you know, the, the stadium was at, wasn't at 100% capacity. When you think about changes, you know, so any, any changes that were instituted as part of the pandemic that you think will be long lasting for the league? Well, we put a couple of changes in last year to shorten the games. We needed to shorten some of the games, frankly, because we, we were concerned about the players being around each other for too long a period of time. We thought the, the longer they were, around each other, the greater the risk. So we went to extra inning rule, which we, we tried out in the minor leagues for several years before we start a runner on second base for fans who watch games. It's we've even had, by the way, we've had players and pitchers who've forgotten <laughs> that a guy starts on second base uh, in the 10th inning. So it creates a lot of action and some strategy. Baseball purists seem to not like that rule, but it pretty much keeps games to seems 12 innings or less instead of some of these 18 inning marathons. So that rule may stay. We also, for when we have to have makeup games and, and double headers, we've gone to seven inning double headers. That rule I think may stay as, as well. These are part of a, uh, we have a collective bargaining agreement with, with our players and a new collective bargaining agreement will come up at the end of this year. So I'm sure those would both be topical. The biggest change, by the way, which isn't you know, pandemic related, I'll mention is the rise of young players. The, this is, uh, I've owned a team for, I think this is season 16 or 17, which is hard to believe, but the athleticism is, is off the charts relative to where it was in 2005 when I, I first got involved with baseball. And, and you see, in, in, I mentioned Toronto, you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has got 17 home runs already leading major leagues in home runs. In a season that's been dominated by pitching uh, with six no-hitters already, this young player you know, is just outstanding. You, you see that kind of talent, young, you know, 20-somethings making an impact on the game. So that's not really pandemic-related, but that's the biggest change that I've, I've seen, which is very positive for the sport. These uh, young players are bringing a lot of excitement to our game. Well, there's a lot of traditionalists in baseball who, who may not like the changes, but I, I like some of these new changes, certainly shortening the games. I, I think it's great for the fans. So, uh, Mark, one, one final personal question. So, you know, now you own a baseball team, but growing up, who was your favorite player? 
Well, I grew up uh, in an Italian neighborhood in the Bronx in Pelham Bay. So I grew up near Yankee Stadium, was a Yankees fan. And so Mickey Mantle was my favorite player. He was getting near the end of his career then, but definitely my favorite player. And I was mentioned to you before we, we got on the phone here, I, I finally got a uh, Mickey Mantle rookie card. My mom saved all my old baseball cards. I've got them, but they're sort of in shoeboxes. And this isn't like a very fancy plastic case. And it looks like it just was opened out of a pack. And I've got it in a, in a safe. It, it makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that I have it. <laughs> well, I guess baseball cards never lose their allure, no matter how, whether you're a kid or whether you're older. Well, thanks very much for joining. Good luck to the Milwaukee Brewers this year, even though I'm a Cardinals fan. And <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening in. And I look forward to the next episode of 3 and 5. Thank you, Steve.